Welcome, you're listening to Real Fake with Robbie and Tash. But today, I have a special guest, and his name is Blake Pennon. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I just, I threw that at him. <laughs> you succeeded, yes. <laughs> it's so good to have you here today. It was, your voice actually sounded so professional. I was looking at the computer and thinking like, wow, that's a professional sounding voice recording. And then I looked over, and you were talking, and I was like, whoa, I'm <laughs> off guard. So that was pretty cool. It's 12, worth, 12 weeks worth of experience. That's yes. cool. So yeah. you're like pretty much an expert now. I think so. <laughs> I've got I've got about twelve minutes. Yeah, right now that's okay. So it's a little less. No, well, you know, one minute is is better than no minutes. So that's true. We're so glad to have you here, Blake. Um, Thank you. Yeah, just you want to tell our, our our listeners and our hearers just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sometimes I uh, get called by Faith FM uh, when they need someone to fill in <laughs> for Robbie or Lyle or Lawson. And I show up and say hi and try to say things that make coherent sense. Sometimes. Okay. I'm not so good at that, uh, but I do my best. Uh, and I'm a pastor, uh, well, I try to be one, uh, up at Raymond Terrace. Uh, so we have a church called Raymond Terrace Mission, uh, nice. 7th Avenue Church. We have uh, the RTM Op Shop. We call it RTM Church for short. So there's a little op shop there in the front. And we also got New Start Juice. So mm. come to Raymond Terrace, get a juice, get I've had uh, one. a jacket at the op shop. Get Ooh, a jacket, get a juice. A jacket and a juice. Is that a combo? <laughs> it. It, it is be. now. It is now. <laughs> Come today. Jack and the Juice special uh, offer uh, sale. But uh, you don't really need a jacket right now because it's getting... It is getting quite warm. Though I heard the weather's going to get crazy this weekend. Yeah. Look, I saw a picture on Instagram and it, it could be. Me. It could be some serious storm weather coming. Yeah. But that's okay. Well, we're Batten so... down <laughs> the kangaroos. But before we get there, we're so glad that you're here today and that you're listening and you tuned in. And we just want to do a shameless plug on our program today. We are finishing chapter five of John. Yes, we are. We're going to finish chapter <laughs> five and we're going to go on to chapter six. And uh, we have on our Testify segment today, our friend Luke Reeves, who will be sharing with us, which is really cool. Cool. And uh, we also have some fun facts and... What's, what's the other thing we need to do? Oh, don't forget that during our, our program today, we'll be throwing out that code word because we have a special giveaway. It's not just a special giveaway. It's an extraordinary giveaway. So listen out for that code word. We'll tell you what that book is a little bit later on. Uh, but anytime you have a, a call, you have any questions on your heart, um, anything about God, about spirituality, or about your journey with God, uh, just give us a call or text on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. It's going to be a great program today, isn't it, Blake? I'm excited. I'm so excited. And um, yeah, anything else Anything else you can think I'm of? I'm actually super nervous because I don't know how the code word works. Oh, sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's just lame. Very scary. That was one of the code words the other day, but that's okay. <laughs> We're glad you're here with us. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning Leaning on 
on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day. On the everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. What? Have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms, I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. Leaning on the everlasting arms, I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. You're listening to Real Faith with Tash and Blake. That doesn't sound just... Well, you're listening to Faith FM. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually the Tash and Robbie show, but today we have our special guest, Blake, with us. And... Wait, I just wanted to say something, but don't let the listeners hear. Why? I think I figured out the code word. Do I tell you now? No. Later. No. Okay, so, okay my bad. Not yet. Right. Okay, back to the show. I thought that was... That's the secret... <laughs> Talk about that before. Sorry. Okay, okay, sorry. Sorry, guys. All right, nearly. He nearly let out the secret code word. Sorry, I'm a rookie. That's okay. All right, just this time. I'm ready. We'll forgive you just this time. Put me in, coach. All right. I'm fast. So <laughs> don't forget that if you, when you hear that code word, or if you have any calls or questions uh, Say it now. about God oh, not yet. or about this guest that we have on today, no, not there yet, not yet. Okay, sorry. Feel free to call us on 0491-064-669. So you can text or call that number on 0491-064-669. Mm. Okay, so this is the weird and wonderful world part of our I'll show. I'm really it's excited always, about this. You should be excited. Because I don't know what's going to happen, but I, f- I feel a bit weird. I also feel a bit wonderful. Oh. And I just want to oh. just experience what we're, oh. what's in store for me. Well, I hope this weird – I don't know if this will weird you out. This is just some facts today. Okay. I'm ready. Our fact today is the humble lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. What's that? The lunchbox. 
Yeah. Oh, like, okay. The, I, thought, like, and, I thought the humble lunchbox was like a, a superhero or something. No, he's not a superhero. It's literally the thing you put your lunch in. Mm. Especially when you have a sandwich and you don't want a to McDonald's get squashed. Bag. Not a McDonald's oh, bag. Oh, sorry. Not a lunchbox. No, yeah, more bad. like a, it's kind of like hard and you can put your sandwich in there. I used to have a Ninja Turtles then, one. So did you? It was awesome, yeah. I never had a lunchbox, so it <laughs> just got wrapped in, in cling wrap and that was it. And that's okay. Uh, but yes, my dad was talking the other day about, um, how he used to look around the house to find something to wrap his luncheon because back, my dad is like 71 this year. And yeah. Wow. I know he's old. Um, he would, yeah, he'd have to either put it in a, like a, a handkerchief or wrap it in some sort of tea towel because there was no glad wrap then. Yeah. Back in the. Wow. Yeah. Back then. So yes. Back before glad wrap. <laughs> Back before dinosaurs roamed, wow. dinosaurs roamed the earth. But yeah, but the, the humble lunchbox. All right. So right. there's different kinds. The bento box is super popular at the moment. Everywhere you go on social media, it's like buy a bento box. And it's got different compartments, different places to put your things for lunch. Hummus. And, and to me, it just makes it even more complicated. Like my lunch was just a sandwich and now it's 50 different things. But that's okay. That sounds... Good though. It sounds good. Yeah, having fifty different things. If for you lunch. have time to work out the fifty things that go in the millions of compartments that there are, anyway. But it got me thinking. Okay, so how long? When? How long do you think the lunchbox has, has been around? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. What I think is probably like the industrial revolution in the early like eighteen. Ooh. Well, maybe mid to uh, mid to late eighteen hundreds. That was, that's bang. That's bang on. Oh, really? Yeah, good guess. Oh, just because, like the the way the world worked changed yeah. around that time, yeah. and so there, all the boys were like, "We're bringing lunch boxes." Yeah, and so what, what? When when did it come but, around? Yeah, ex- so they said in like eighteen eighties, and it oh. was yeah. Oh, 1880s. And it wasn't just a box. It was actually like a pail or like a little bucket that had a lid on it. Lunch pail. Yeah, like a lunch pail. Okay, cool. Yeah. A little bucket with a lid. And so their kids started to look at their dad and they're like, oh, wow, that's a cool way to take their lunch. And they wanted their own metal boxes. And so like the first lunch boxes, uh, this is in the States specifically, were like tobacco boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we call them snuff boxes. Oh. We put a little. Well, sorry, my family did. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, awkward. Um, we didn't call them that. No, ha ha. <laughs> no, but yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yikes. Sorry, Faith FM. I, I love okay. you, and also I come from a rough family. Yeah. <laughs> but the Lord loves us all. Yeah, Keep he going. Does. He does love us all. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. So these these kids, they wanted to do the same thing, and they wanted to have some metal lunch boxes. So yeah, people had Ninja Turtle ones, and then yeah, they had me. all the different superheroes you can think of. Uh, but there's also, in, in Japan, they've been doing it since the 5th century, the bento box. What? Yeah. They're way ahead with yeah. stuff. They probably had like Wi-Fi in the 1700s. Yeah, they probably did. You know, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> so... Yeah. They've been having lunchboxes since the 5th century? Yeah, because they realized like they wanted to take the food with them and to keep it yeah, contained and I just am like imagining like ninjas and samurais going to like ninja samurai school with like lunchboxes. Yeah, with lunchboxes. That is so cool. Yeah. It's it's amazing. So yeah, it hasn't just been a trend that's come around. This has been around for a long time. Right. So like we're like uh, social media is like raving about it now and all the Japanese are like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing that for centuries. But let me tell you, someone improved on that. The Indians do this thing called Dabawala. 
It's like a lunchbox delivery system they've been doing for 120 odd years. What? So yeah, they, they cook these hot meals and it's like a stack of metal lunchboxes on top of each other. And these, and it's, it's like a full delivery system. Like, uh, FedEx look to their oh. delivery system to take on some tips. So that's, yeah. Wow. How interesting they is that? They should go on Shark Tank. They should. <laughs> But they probably couldn't afford that. No, they probably no. Shark Tank, Shark Tank will buy them up. It'll be awesome. Dude, that's so cool. But yeah, so no matter where you go, Gogo is with you. But yeah, you can take your lunch too. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I like the way he loves me. I enjoy the freedom he gave to me, and I don't like. His presence as he sings over me. I love to be loved by my Listening to Real Faith with Tash and Blake. And this is Faith FM. We're so glad that you've joined us today. And this is now come to, it's come to our favorite, well, one of our favorite times is the testify segment. Mm. And during this time, we get to hear from real people and their journeys in life with God. Sometimes it's an answer to prayer, uh, a God moment, part of the testimony or their testimony. But through our guests, we get to hear about what God is doing in their life. And so we have our friend Luke Reeves on the phone. Hello. Hey, Tash. <laughs> hey, Luke. It's so good to How hear you. I'm good. How are you doing? That's good. That's so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, oh, you're welcome. Before we get into your story, do you want to just tell our listeners um, a little bit about yourself and what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, well, um, my name's Luke, and I am the pastor out west out at Gaira and Inverell. 
and so I've been uh, we're ministering out here for the last year. Um, and yeah, it's been good. Oh, nice. It's so good to hear you. And it sounds like you're a busy man. Uh, so I'll just give you um, your time now and tell us your story. Yeah. Um, well, I guess part of my story, one of my stories there, on the 1st of February, um, 2019, so only a couple of years ago, Jesus saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I was I was at work. I wasn't a minister then. I was I was working at a campsite and I was working on a roof, and I was looking for a water leak. And we'd moved a couple of roof sheets up the way, and I brushed some leaves out from underneath the flashing, and then I felt myself get hooked onto some electrical wires, which we found out that the rats had chewed through them, so they were live. It got hold of me. I couldn't move. I uh, cried out to God, I was like, help, help, turn off the power, turn off the power, Jesus help me, Jesus help me. And I called that out um, multiple times. And the last time, I did that three times actually. And on the last time, that third time that I called out, Jesus help me, everything just stopped. And so I was stuck on these wires for a good 30 seconds for a minute. I'm not 100% sure exactly mm. how long I was there for, but it was enough to burn through my hands um, from from that, I ended up getting a lift into Maxville Hospital, and then they drove me to Coffs Harbour, then flew me to Sydney to um, wow. for surgery. And you know, even though this was a traumatic time, you could see God working. And people have died by just touching electrical wires, and you know, this thing held on to me. And um, yeah, I lost uh, two fingers from it. And yeah, it was, it was a traumatic experience, but all through that, you could see God, God definitely saved my life. And he was really looking out for me, even after the accident, like getting into the accident happened, um, at around nine o'clock in the morning. And I was in Sydney in surgery by about four o'clock, you know, the air ambulance plane just happened to be in the right spot. There happened to be ambulances in the right spot to be able to take me there. And so, yeah, all through that experience, you can, look back and see how God was really looking out for me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And especially the timing too. Yeah, you don't yeah. you don't realize until you look back at how, how well everything came together and, and just how God was leading. Mm. Yeah. And you know, all through that all through that experience I had you know the Bible talks about there's that peace that passes all understanding. You know, like mm-hmm. I was going through these surgeries, I was losing fingers, yet I was just at peace with it. And I was just happy that I was alive, you know. You know, one of the hardest things was while I was in the hospital, there was a, like a construction site happening next to the, um, next to the hospital. Mm. And we found out that someone actually died there while I was in hospital from an electrocution. Wow. And it was like, well, what makes me so special, you know? But, People have just touched wires and, and they have died. And these things got hold of me and burnt through my hands, yet I'm still here. Yeah, and yeah, just knowing that God really looked out for me, why he doesn't look out for other people at the same time. So God works in different ways and we just have to learn to trust him, even though we don't know all the answers. Yeah, most definitely. Is, yeah. There, is there anything that you just want to tell our listeners before we finish? I think, you know, there's, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about how all things um, come to good. You know, God always brings some good things out of the bad. And, you know, I shared um, my testimony at our North New South Wales big camp um, just after it happened. 
and there were so many people that came out to me and were like, thank you for reminding me how God saved my life. I think when we look through the stories of our lives and God actually shows up and he saves us more times than we actually can think of. Yeah. It's so true. And it sometimes takes yeah. a story like this for, to let us see, um, yeah, just what God yeah. is doing. I just, I just have a question there. You have a special ministry that yeah. you've just started that do you want to share with us what that is? Yeah. So, um, being the minister out here at Gaia, you know, I've been trying to work out how I can incorporate young people into ministry. And so I've got a group of young people from all the different churches out here west and asked them if they'd be interested in doing a Faith FM show. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, they said yes. So we've been um, doing some recordings to be able to record Bible studies that these young people are involved in to be able to share with people. And we've put them together for a program for Faith FM. And we are launching our first episode uh, this Saturday at 5.30 p.m. So, yeah, it's going to be really good. We're doing the studies on Desmond Doss. And Desmond Doss is a World War II medic who went to war without a weapon. He said, you know, I want to go to the front lines, but I don't want to kill anybody. I want to save people. Wow. And he saved countless lives. And, you know, he ended up winning the Congressional Medal of Honor. And so when we look at it and you watch the movie Hacksaw Ridge and you see this, ca- this character come to life. And so we're um, doing these studies on what made him the man he was. What was it behind his face? You know, we see the man doing all these things, but what made him do that? We're going through these topics of the Bible that were real dear to Desmond Doss and made him the hero of Hacksaw Ridge. And that's starting this Saturday at 5.30. Oh, wow. Just uh, so, blessings yeah. blessings for um, those young people and for this Faith of Them ministry that you're, that's coming together and that starts, you said yeah. it's 5.30 on Saturday? Yeah, 5.30 on Saturday afternoon. So it'll be every every Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's awesome. And I just want to end with this. So, yeah. All all things come together for the, those who love God. And so we they just want to do. End. Yeah, they, they do. do. Thank you so much for sharing today and our next. No, so- yeah, no worries. <laughs> it's so good to hear from you. <laughs> and our next song is Jonathan Sells, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus.
this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Make sure you tune in to The Breakfast Show to Encounter God, play the quiz, hear great music and noteworthy news. All that and much more every morning on Faith FM. You're listening to Real Faith, but it's not as real as it could be. Why, you ask? Because this isn't the live show. So as good as this is, the live show is where it's really at. Join us every Thursday from 3.30 to 5.30 p.m. so you can be involved live. This thing's a Real Faith with Robbie and Tash slash Tash and Blake on Faith FM. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just so used to saying... <laughs> Robbie and Tash. Yeah, I'm so used to saying Robbie and Tash. But um, I'm so glad that you're here with us. And before we get into our, our word study, our Bible study, um, we... Oh, shameless plug, of course. Uh, don't forget to call us or text us on 0491-064-669 if you have a, a question or... Um, Something uh, to do with our Bible study today. Any Anything that's on your mind, we want you to call in and text us. But don't forget, we also have a code word that we're going to give during our Bible study. And I don't know. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Sorry. Sorry. I, 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 I don't He's know how this works. He's very excited. I'm so excited he to He really say wants to give the code word. But if you keep listening, we will give you the code word. Okay. And we just want to... Uh, we're going to give away an amazing book today. As to the first, the second, and the fifth caller... 
And can you tell us what that yeah. book is? Yeah. It's called The Essential Jesus, The Man, The Message, The Mission by Brian Wall or Brian Ball and William Johnson. So mm. it's a it's a really uh, interesting uh, book about uh, the relevancy of Jesus today, right? So like the the life that he lived and how is that relevant in our life today, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah. I I like how it's set up here. It talks about like just the facts of like, did he really rise from the dead? Uh, does Jesus have a future? Will he come again? But then also it, it shows how that's relevant for how we're living our lives today. Mm. So check it out. The Essential Jesus, The Man, The Message, The Mission. And that's to our first, second, and fifth caller when you hear the code word. And the number is 0491-064-669. And um, before we get into our Bible study. I tell just... him the code word. No, not yet. Okay, sorry. Got to get focused. I'm smacking. No, I'm not smacking him. <laughs> I'm just giving him the look. But, um, Blake, would you like to open us up with prayer? I would love that. Yeah, let's pray. Father in heaven, I just want to ask that as we dive into your word today, as we read your scriptures, we just pray that you would fill us with your spirit, help us to have wisdom and understanding, and uh, help your word to speak to our heart, to help us to have that heart transformation as we journey through the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I'll just have a quick little recap um, from what we were studying last week. We had a look at um, the lame man that was at the pool of Bethesda, and we unpacked that, and then we looked at um, Jesus healing on the Sabbath, and that really, that really got the um, the 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 Pharisees, the Pharisees yeah. um, really riled up. up. <laughs> yeah, really like, oh, who do you think you are? Mm. What do you think you're doing? Like. How can you do this? And especially on the Sabbath. And so we've unpacked those things, but we're picking up from um, John 5, verse 31. Okay. And so we're still in the midst of that conversation. Or conversation, maybe that's a, a light word for and what's be- happening. And it, it, this is right after, if I'm not mistaken, he, he talked about the two resurrections as well, too. A resurrection of life and a resurrection of condemnation as well, too. The reason that stands out to me is we've been going over that at RTM Church, mm. and we just uh, had a presentation about that, and, and we've been going through the millennium and the end of sin um, mm. at church. And it's just been a really – it's actually one of the reasons I became – an Adventist. So I, I'm really passionate about that. So that, that verse, uh, I think it's in verse 28 and 29, uh, talking about that. And now we're moving into verse 31, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the recap. That's good. Um, and usually look, I'll also say that people are always scared of judgment, but when you read it here, it's, um, it's actually when G cause when you find out that Jesus is the one that's part of the judgment and you're like, Oh, it's all good. Yeah. It's a super unfair deal. On in your favor, yeah. it's very unfair in the best way possible. In the best way possible, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll pick it up from thirty-one, and we'll see how we go today. So we're going to try and get to cool. chapter six. So picking it up from thirty-one. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man. But I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness that John, than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me and the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. 
But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. Wow. Wow. That's, that's like real kind of the, the depth of kind of Jesus's inner, inner self. Like he's really revealing who he is at his core. Something I've been, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately. Not, not maybe this verse particularly, but he talks a lot about his father in this verse. And I've, I've been really challenged by this recently. Jesus, who probably has the closest connection with the father of anyone who's ever had it. I mean, he's one with the father, truly. If you've seen the father, or if you've seen me, you've seen the father, he says. And yet he repeatedly goes and spends quality time with the father to kind of get that, that, uh, recharge Mm. all the time. So he's healing people. He's preaching. He's sharing the gospel. He's uh, fulfilling prophecy. And then after all that, he goes, actually, I need to go spend alone time with my father. And if he, who is the closest to the father, how much more so should we be trying to go spend time with the father? And yet we spend far less time. I, well, at least I know I do. Mm. And, and I've been really challenged by the fact, um, what we what do we have to offer others? Uh, I was reading uh, this book by uh, a guy named Patterson. I only know his last name, but he talked about the most important thing we can offer to other people is not our skills, our education, our qualification, our abilities, but it's the fruit of the time we spend with God. And I just thought, wow, I I don't know how much fruit I'm actually bearing. I don't know how much time I'm actually spending with the Father. And when I'm reading this thinking about the the reason Jesus can speak the way that he's speaking right now is because he has a vibrant, dynamic, really close relationship to the Father. And the question that I have for our listeners and for myself, mm. is that the kind of relationship that I have? And if it isn't, do I want that? Mm. And if I don't, can I pray? To, help, to want that, right? I believe, but help my unbelief, right? I, help me to want to want to spend time with you, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And um, I just want to add to that as well, that Jesus can speak so firmly about it and, and with authority because he knows God. He knows him more than, it's more than just like, I know him because I see him around or, you know, he can bear witness to him because he has this full experience with him. And like you were saying, like dynamic and it's it's a oneness with God. And so he can not only speak on behalf of him, but he speaks like he speaks God, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just a witness. And yeah, but that, man, they're, they're just troubled because they're just looking at Jesus thinking like, how can you? Because we never speak the word of God. How can you say that you're speaking the word of God? We don't, we don't even want to utter his name. That's how holy he is. But Jesus is like, no, I... This is the experience that I have with my father. This is the experience that I'm have, having with God. And I love that he even he still acknowledges John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John did come before me and he did have a testimony and, a, and, and, he, and he brought a great light to who God is, but it was a lesser light. And I have come with the bigger light. Right. Yeah. Too. And, and I love this. There's, there's an allusion here to we're talking about that fruit. There is an allusion here in verses 37 and 38, you know, and the father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice 
uh, at any time, nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. It's kind of like, by their fruits you shall know them. Like, you don't know the Father, I can tell, by the way that you act, by Mm. what you say, by the way that you're living your life. And it's like this kind of sharp razor rebuke to these Pharisees who are making the proclamation we're the most religious, the most sanctified of all the people around. And Jesus is like, you don't even know the Father. You don't even know him. And you, wow. you pretend in front of all these people yeah. that you're some higher authority or, or super important person. But you don't even know the person that you're claiming to represent. Wow. Rebuke. Heavy. Yeah. I'm feeling it. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Which will lead us into the next part because in verse 30, 39, it says, you search the scriptures. And uh, for our listeners out there, just hold on. We're going to get into that next segment. Um, our next song that's coming up is The Isaacs? Yeah. Yeah. Peace, Peace and, and Trusting. trusting. <laughs> oh, been faithful time and time and although I don't know how it is there's peace and trust Yeah. 
You're listening to Real Faith with Tasha and Blake. And it's Faith FM. And we're so glad you're listening today. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Oh, so good to have you back on. And oh, before we get back into the word, another shameless plug. Um, if you have any calls or questions or if you have any comments that you want to make um, in regards to what we're sharing today, we want you to give us a call on 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. But we also have our special code word, which is coming soon. Wait, do I? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm so so excited. I I need to say this code word. Yes, do, but it's, it's okay. What but if, if you, I sign it with they, my hands? They have to hear you. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. It's radio. And when you hear that code word, if you're the first, second, or fifth caller, we have a special book. Yeah, tell us about a book. Oh. The The Essential Jesus, the Man, the Message, the Mission by Brian Ball and William Johnson. So, if you want to see the relevance of the essentialness of Jesus, this is a book that you want to get your hands on. So, I think it's first, third, and fifth caller. Is yeah. it is it call or text or both? It's both. call or text. It's both. So you have to you have to do both at the same time. No, you no, can no, do either or. <laughs> so you can call or text. <laughs> um, trying to get in there, uh, first, third, or fifth. And yeah. we, number 049-064-669. Awesome. Zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. Oh, sorry, that's the way that you guys say. Yeah, it. that's the because it's radio. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You have to keep it. Yay. Got to keep it exciting. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry, radio listeners. I'll do my best to be more exciting. Well, we're gonna continue <laughs> the excitement with we're back in John, John five, and we're back in verse thirty nine. Yes, we are. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to pick it up from... And this is Jesus talking. This is still Jesus talking. If you have a Bible and it's all in red, it's because Jesus is talking. Mm, okay. I love that. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receives honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Mm. So there's so much stuff going on there's there. There's so much stuff going on. But I want to go back to 39. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, well, what I want to do, I, I want to talk about 39 and then I want to talk about 46 and 47. Okay. Okay. So we'll do like a sandwich. Okay. Um, but so in 39, it's saying, or Jesus is saying, you search the scriptures for in them, you think that you have eternal life. And these are they which testify me. Now, what's crazy about this verse He's talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees knew the scriptures to the needle, right? Now, this is a reference to the to the fact that these Pharisees, to become a Pharisee, you had to be the best of the best in your primary school. And then you were specially selected to go to Hebrew school, right, or the, the next level. And then the best of those kids are then selected to go to the next level. And then the best of those kids are then selected to go to Pharisee school, right? And so then... These guys know the scriptures in a way that we can't even comprehend, like better than Google, 
Okay, like they just knew it to the point that they could turn because everything was on a scroll. Then they could turn the scroll around and have a little needle be pointed to the back of the scroll, and they could quote the scripture. If the, if you said what book it was or what scroll it was, they could quote the scripture from that point on the back of the scroll, and they didn't even have to see it. Like mm. wow. I don't know my Bible that well. Yeah, and yet Jesus well. is telling these people. He says, "You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life." But these are they, or and these are they which testify me, like I am eternal life. And you're searching the scriptures. You think that that's how you're going to have it, but you don't recognize that I am the eternal life that you are searching for. Mm-hmm. So you you might know the scriptures, but you don't know them that well because I am the life that you're searching for in the scriptures. Whew, that's a rebuke. It's the biggest. Wow, it's a lot of rebukes. <laughs> it is. It's like a, a very like rebuke chapter. Yeah. You know, but. It's like, yeah. Jesus himself says in Revelation 3, 19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent, you know? Therefore, I stand at the door and knock, you know, open the door, let Jesus into your heart. Getting rebuked doesn't mean that you're not loved. It means that you are loved, right? When I'm, when I was a kid, literally playing on the road, and my dad was like, I will literally beat you with a belt unless you get off the road. I was like, this guy loves me, you know? Because he didn't want me to get run over. Mm. Now, Sometimes I got beat with the belt, but, you know, that's a different story. (laughs) But he did it because I needed that rebuke, right? Because he didn't want me to be killed. Jesus, in the same way, you don't understand. You guys are playing with fire. You don't realize how dangerous this is, and I'm rebuking you because I love you. So that's what I'm I'm getting from that verse. Well, (laughs) uh, just to add to that, um, another thing, too, is they were searching Scripture for, for knowledge and for head knowledge. And they weren't searching it for to find what the heart was, what the heart of God was, because that's mm. that was what the whole point of Scripture was was to communicate to them who God was. And it still it actually still happens today because I know a lot of guys and and girls out there who read the Bible from beginning to end and they're like, oh, I've read the whole thing, I've read it like three times, and it just doesn't really speak to me. Yeah, it's not about reading the whole thing. Like, um, I believe actually Ellen White says something about the idea that you can. Uh, get more from reading one verse and fully, truly comprehending and understanding it than you can get from reading the Bible from beginning to end, right? Mm-hmm. From If you really, truly comprehend what God is saying in that one verse, you can get more from it than the whole reading the whole thing. And it's all about what you said, that heart transformation. It's mm-hmm. about touching the heart and reaching the heart. So, And then, and then he keeps going on here. Uh, just kind of over the next few verses, really kind of saying that that idea of you don't actually, uh, you don't have this relationship with the Father that you think that you do, right? And then w- one thing at the very end here that I'm, I'm really kind of passionate about in verse 46, it says, or in 45 too, uh, the end of it there, it says, there is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Because they were big on Moses, right? Mm-hmm. But Moses is the one who brought them the Torah or the law, right? And then, but that law is what was saying that these Pharisees are guilty for what for their actions. But then in verse 46, for if you believed Moses, so if you actually believe that law, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Now, this is a crazy thought. And, and I just want to have a little bit of open-mindedness here. God uses scripture to tell us that he's going to send prophets. And then when those prophets are sent, if we refuse to lif- listen to those prophets, because Moses was a prophet, 
talking about the coming of Christ. If we refuse to listen to those prophets, we're refusing to listen to Scripture. So when we come to a place in an understanding where we can recognize and test and see that there is a real prophet and we're not listening to that person, we're actually rejecting the scriptures as a whole. Well, can you think of any examples of that? All through all the, old, of them. Yeah, <laughs> the old Testament over and over and over. God is sending and all, not just the old Testament, even actually it's even happening now currently as well too. Yeah. Like if there, if there's someone who God says, Hey, I'm going to send a prophet, then he sends a prophet. And then you don't listen to what that prophet says. You're rejecting the scriptures as a whole as well yeah. too. And so, cause at the end of, uh, end of earth's history at the end of time, we're going to see um, sons and daughters prophesy. You know, the, Joel talks about that as well, too, that the Spirit of God is going to be poured out upon his people. Now, that there's false prophets as well, too, so there's a, there's a whole way to test to make sure that there's true or if it's a true or false prophet. But if you know that someone is a true prophet, you should listen to them because the Scriptures tell us to. You know, mm. believe his prophets, right? And you will prosper, the Bible says. So, And, uh, and, and it's, it's such an interesting thing because even Moses, they didn't accept a lot of the things that he was saying. At the start. No. So he had to, even the Ten Commandments, like he had to go back up and yeah, <laughs> he, had, he, he had to do it again. Because, like a touchdown. Because <sighs> they were so consumed and so like filled with their own, you know, human sin. They, they didn't know how to accept what Moses was saying or any, any other prophet. So, and all the prophets are always like, I love that you say that they're, they are completing scripture. They are, their message, their lives us is is the word right and so all of it interesting enough it points back to christ or points well, to forward, the forward same, to christ and the same spirit that mm. inspired scripture is the same spirit that inspires our the prophets as well too yeah. and so if there is someone who is uh inspired by the word of god it is to our benefit to listen mm. as god has sent them for our benefit to lead us into salvation to lead us according to the scriptures that's a beautiful thought. Our next song is Sound Doctrine, River of Truth. And took in my first drink And I knew I would never be the same For my sickness I had found a cure And one thing I knew for sure It was as pure as the source from which it came On the river I drank for many years And I wondered how it journeyed here and earnestly set out to know its root. I found that from the mouth of the river down Upon its banks and all around There was life along this river of truth 
prophets to the ready scribe, the steady flow of truth grew wide. Blessings from the river mounted high. But in time its banks they would neglect, its pure precepts they'd reject. Soon they found the river had run dry. One day like the prophets had proclaimed, source of the river king and lived his life among them from his youth the living truth they soon denied nailed him to a cross and pierced his side but it opened wide a new river come and drink from the fountain flowing down from heaven's mountain Get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. God, I thank you for this river of truth. From water sweet to a bitter cup, the enemy dammed the river up. For many years, darkness filled the skies. But a faithful few would chip away, hoping for a brighter day, hearing mournful echoes of the martyr's cry. But with William Tyndale's dying breath, before he closed his eyes in death, he prayed, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. The day he prayed for soon would come, when the king's commission work was done, the dam bursting forth with eternal words of life. Come and drink from the fountain, flowing down from heaven's mountain, pure and free. When you come to the river, it is sure to deliver all you Springing up from the pages, fresh and new. After what it cost to get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. God, I thank you for this river of truth. Get it here, the trail of blood and the bitter tears. Let's be faithful to this river of This is a super cool song. You're listening to Real Faith with Tasha and Blake, and Blake loves that song. I do. It he literally tells reminds that me. Yeah, it's Sound Doctrine, uh, River of Truth, and it 
literally sounds like all of my uncles singing. Oh. Yeah. Sounds just like this. Whole time. I love it. The whole time. Get some bluegrass um, in there. Um, Oof. Nice. <laughs> We're changing it up today. And if you've just tuned in, this is <laughs> we've yeah, we do have bluegrass. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I love it. We're so glad you've joined us again today. And we're continuing on with our our Bible study. And just another shameless plug. uh, We want your questions. We want your questions about God, about our Bible study, any question of the week. Because because Blake needs to hear our question of the week jingle. It's amazing. I need to to make an appeal. I'm a pastor. This is what we do. Um, Just pretend it's the end of the sermon. But my appeal today is (laughs) I personally need to hear the question of the week jingle. I've never heard it before. They've told me about it, but refuse to play it unless you send in a question of the week. Mm, So if you care about people and love humanity, AKA Blake, me, if you care at all, if you have, if you have a heart, please send a question to 0491 064 669. Okay. Because I want to hear the jingle. And just don't think of only your own interests, but also of others. Yeah. The Bible tells us. And I'm really, I'm stressing, because if I miss out on this jingle, I'm going home very sad. I will be crying. You don't want to be crying while I'm driving home. That's dangerous. You're we crying don't want about, that. Crying we don't behind want the that wheel. We don't want that at all. So think about the safety of others. Yeah. And, and, rem- oh, and remember yeah. our code word. Oh, can I? Now I can say it, right? Wait, no. Do I say it? Okay, okay, okay. We have to tell them what they're getting. Okay, they, first, only if they call. So if you text in... Uh, if you're the first, the third, or the fifth to text in or call with the word fillet. Now, you got to spell what it right. Fillet. Okay. Not fillet. Fillet. And if you text in this word, it's got to be spelled correctly, and you know what I'm saying. you got to look it up. If you spell it correctly, you if you're the first, third, or fifth, you get The Essential Jesus, The Man, The Message, The Mission, uh, this amazing book about Jesus' relevancy today. You do not want to miss out on this, but you better go and Google Filet. I like how I'm saying everything else one way, and then when I say the code word, I'm saying Filet. Oh. Yeah, so it's very special. Say it just like that, uh, and uh, send it into oh four nine one oh six four double six nine. Okay, Faith awesome. FM. Awesome. I just want to say Faith FM. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost in the same voice. Okay, we're picking it up from John chapter six. So wherever you are, we're in John chapter six now. Right in verse one, right? Yes. Okay. In verse one, and it says this. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? That was my sound effect of like, whoa, it's going over my head. This is crazy. This is crazy. Yep. Here, so many things I want to talk about. Number one, I just want to quickly say a denarii, just for people out there, that's one day's wage. So it's basically 200 days wages. So, you know, like, I don't know, 
maybe like eight months wages or something like that. I'm really not sure on the math on that, but anyway, around that time. Um, so whatever you're, whatever you make every day, multiply that by 200 and you will get how much money he's actually talking about. Right. And a day's wage roughly calculated according to this is, is basically around $200. Right. So 200 times 200. Ooh, not going to be good at that. Maybe it was like 40,000 or something like that. I don't know. Something around there. Um, four zeros, four thousand. Oh yeah. Is it? No, I think it's, I think it's 40,000. Yeah, I think so. Maybe because it's 200. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's roughly around that, you know, the 35 to $50,000. So that's what Philip is saying. Hey, we're going to need some serious coin to feed all these people. So there must've been a lot of people or, Maybe they just have big appetites. I don't know. But there's a lot of money that had to be done there. So it's interesting to think they recognize and know that there's a lot of money that's going to be needed to feed all these people. And yet, I want to ask you this question, Tash. Mm. Do you think Jesus knew what he was going to do? Yes. I agree. Yeah. Then I want to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Why didn't he just tell his disciples? John says here he wanted to test them. Okay. Yeah, so he wanted to see. Okay, you've said this, so I want to test you, see what's going to happen, which is in verse 6. Yeah. Why on earth would would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus do that to people that he cares about? Okay. If, you, if you've been following with us from, <laughs> well, from John 1, and uh, the, uh, the disciples that are with him, were some of them were called in John 1, but they went with him to um, the wedding in Cana. So they saw Jesus literally turn water into wine. So, mm-hmm. like, give him more, more than what was needed. He gave, like, in abundance. Um, and then every, every time that they've been with him, he's doing something, like, miraculous, like, extraordinary. He's speaking on behalf of God. Like, mm-hmm. they're walking with the God in person, Jesus. And yet still, they're questioned. Right. Yeah. I think to... Look, but the, maybe they were hungry. Well, I think also our listeners are probably not going to like this, but I just want to say mm. the suffering grows our faith. And I know I, I could see the eye roll like, no, no, no I don't want to no, hear no. that. <laughs> I do not want to hear that. Yuck. That's a gross thing. But it's true. If everything is handed to us on a platter, we don't have the experiences we need to really have faith. Like if you grow up in a, in a situation where everything is given to you, we have this saying called like a sp- uh, fed with a silver spoon, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need God because all your needs are met. I think Jesus intentionally allows us uh, to squirm. You know that word? Just w- wriggle uncomfortably. Yeah. Jesus allows us to squirm to remind us that he's in charge. Mm. So when we're in situations that are beyond our control and we start that squirming process, we can look back at the times in the past that God has led and fulfilled his promises. And so he gives us these examples in the Bible and in our own lives for our benefit. It's like uh, it's a perfect parent situation. If you are a parent who's like a helicopter parent and swoops in and takes care of your kid every single time and doesn't let your child learn their own uh, consequences not going to be a healthy not going to be a healthy adult because they've never had the chance to squirm. And so for our listeners, you might be in a, a season in your life who's like 
I'm squirming right now. I'm having serious issues with COVID, with the lockdowns, with the pain, with all the things that are happening. If you put your faith in God, like these disciples, you're going to see miracles happen in your life and just say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. It's going to cost 200 denarii, but it's on you. How do you do this? How you got to go do the impossible. Wow. This is, this has been a, a, a good session. I just, we're going to, we're going to finish there. No, we're not going to finish there. <laughs> I just, oh, I'm thinking about my week and thinking, oh, wow, this is exactly what God has been doing <laughs> for me this week. And, oh, look, he, he, he wants, he wants you to come to it on your own as well. So never forcing like the, yeah, uh, I can do it all for you. But you realizing, oh, okay, I actually want you to do it for mm. me. You know, and that's a different thing. Because hey. he could have told him, he could have yeah. just said, hey, guys, Check it out. I'm going to feed them all. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're but good. he doesn't. He, he says, doesn't. "Go and go and find what you can. What can you find?" And they say, "We got two loaves." Oh wait, what is it? No, it's not two loaves. Sorry, it's two small fillets of fish and five barley loaves. Sorry, fillet is not in there. That was a little extra added there. Fillet. <laughs> that young lad had some good had some good fish that morning. <laughs> And but yet, yeah, and and yeah. obviously five five pieces of biscuits, five biscuits and some and some fish sticks, not gonna feed a great multitude, right? No way. Doesn't matter. It's impossible. So it's not unreasonable for Andrew and Simon and Philip to be like, uh what are you doing? Mm. You know? But Jesus does it in a specific way to grow our faith. And he does things in our lives to grow our faith as well, too. That's beautiful. Our next song is Carol Robinson, One Pair of Hands. Into 
You're listening to Real Faith with Tash and Blake. And we're so glad to have you back. That song was good. It was. Uh, Carol Robertson, Robertson uh, One Pair of Hands. Yeah. It's so classic. It, it is like, classic. I just felt like I was transported back to the 60s. I don't know. I was into it. I was <laughs> it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just want to have one another shameless plug. Um, we have we have a question of the week, which we'll get to. and But we want you to still call in for our our giveaway, our special giveaway. Don't forget, if you're the first, the third, or the fifth caller, and we had our code word that we said already. Filet. Filet. <laughs> but also, here's the yeah. other thing. The first one's already gone. So you better get on board. Uh, who's going to be second? Who's going to be third? Who's going to be fifth? Let's just find this out, okay? So this is for the essential Jesus, the man, the message, the mission. Don't miss it. You got to get this book. So call, in, call us or text us on 0491 That's 0491-064-669. We can't wait to hear from you. I know. I'm excited. I want, and I'm really excited that someone sent in a question of the week. I'm already getting pumped. Oh, you're going to hear it. I'm going to yes. hear the jingle. So I just, whoever that was, I don't know who you are, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You've made my day. You really have. And you've oh, made- we got more coming. Oh, they're all coming in. <laughs> Thank you so much. Maybe maybe we'll do the best question of the week. So send in those questions. Get them the good get good questions to mm. come in. I like that. Yeah, we want cool. to challenge Blake. Listener competition. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're back in. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter six. Uh, but can you go back to verse nine? Yeah, I can definitely cool? do that. Okay. Mm. So it says, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen that Jesus, the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Wow. Woo! So much stuff. Okay. I just want to say, our other sign is here. <laughs> right, in, right at the end of verse 14, we have a sign. The sign that of what he had just done. Yeah. yeah. So just we're going through all the miracles in yeah. John. Absolutely. So yeah. true. And, and you know, it's interesting talking about those signs. There, there's a lot to unpack there. I do want to go back, but just to talk about the signs real quick. Um, I want you to imagine that Jesus had an Instagram account just for a minute. Okay. okay. All the signs, his followers would have just super increased all the time. Mm. There was, there was one where the followers he loses all his followers after the cross. A lot of people disappear right right when he's put on trial. But up to that point, every time a sign happens, followers increase. Followers increase. Increase in the followers. Likes, 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 right? Now, Jesus doesn't have an Instagram account. But my point is, mm. to help us to understand what's happening here is, Jesus is going around and people are going, they're just losing their minds. They're excited because what they are seeing, because I want you to think about this. They have in their mind an idea of a Messiah who is going to come and conquer Rome. Yeah. So if you have a Messiah who can make food wherever you need to go with your army, 
You don't have to have all the supply trains, all the logistics. Your army can go anywhere and be fed at any time. So in their mind, they're interpreting this and going, the Messiah is here. We have unlimited food. We are going to take over Rome, right? So even though Jesus is not saying that, there's a, a false interpretation that's going on and the people are just mesmerized by it. And another thing, we go back just a few verses, it's saying that uh, in verse 13, that it filled 12 baskets with the fragments. What? Now, Jesus could have filled eight baskets. He could have filled 43 baskets, but he fills 12. Why? Why do you think that is? Because he had 12 disciples? Perfect. 12 disciples and 12 tribes of and Israel. Tri- okay. He's basically making the point that I can feed everyone. I can feed the whole nation of Israel. And so they're thinking to their their the wheels are turning. They're just going, "Oh, I'm so excited. Like this is the Messiah coming." Going back, we were just talking off the air about how uh you had gone back and you're seeing all the signs and miracles going back to when Jesus uh does the miracle in Cana, right? Yeah. Do you remember how many jars he filled? So six six jars. Exactly. Yeah. He fills he has them filled with water mm-hmm. and then he turns that water into wine. What now? What we don't see this, but what Jesus is saying is that, in the same way that the Creator made the world in six days, He filled the earthen vessels with six days of things. He fills six jars with wine that was previously water, and He's declaring to this Jewish wedding, "I'm the Creator God." So it's not just like, "Hey, we got some wine." It's like, "Whoa, this is the one." who created everything in six days. So Jesus doesn't just do these all by accident. He is, these signs are fulfilling the, the, his true character and nature. And when the fragments are filled, you have the, this idea that they don't have to worry about anything because he's going to take care of the entire nation of Israel. So anyway, sorry, I just I went no, off on no, a tangent. Those are just a couple things. <laughs> I'll, I'll be really quick and I'll stay on that tangent because it's the time of Passover, and straight after Passover, like tradition, when it, when the Egyptian, I mean, the Israelites left Egypt, and then they were stranded in the wilderness. They had the Passover, were saved in in the wilderness. God provided food for them in mm-hmm. the way of manna and of quails, and so here we are again. Jesus is providing food for them in the way of bread and of meat, so a bit of fish, mm-hmm. and and it's and yeah, like you're saying, this is his true character. Not not just that he he gives in abundance and that he makes fruit is that he is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's right. He is he is because and he just had this whole rebuke session. You know, hey, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Uh, if you knew the Father, you would know who I actually am. Okay, let me show you. I can feed all of you, right? And and he doesn't make a big show of it. And he actually doesn't even say that he can. Notice that he never says that I'm going to do this. He just says, make the people sit down, and then prays for it. He asks the disciples a question, what are we going to do? And they're like, oh, we don't know, we can't do it. And he's like, well, go make them sit down. And then he just does it, right? Uh, it's kind of like that the old saying, actions speak louder than words. Mm. Jesus very specifically is using his actions to uh, kind of flash his passport, <laughs> right? <laughs> At the door of immigration, he's like, uh, these, this is all that I've done. This is my CV, this is my resume, check this <laughs> out. Oh, yeah, I'm God, right? But he's not saying it. He's not, because he's humble. He doesn't brag. His character isn't about like, check out what I can do. You know, Jesus is the exact opposite, right? He's this humble king of kings, right? And so not what they expected as well, too. I, I, I do like this as well, too. Now, Jesus could have, if he wanted to, 
He could have taken the the the, the loaves and the fishes, and he could have sent angels to go and deliver all the food to all the people. But instead, he he gets the disciples to organize the people into groups to sit down, right? To sit down uh, with the 5,000 men. So there's probably like over 10, 12,000 people there. And to sit down, and he gets the people to serve the people. And get this, he gets the people to bring the bread to the people. This is an example of discipleship, right? Jesus could have done it himself. He could have gotten angels to do it, but instead he gets us as people Jesus' followers, to take the bread of life, the word of God, the scriptures, and give it to the people, right? And so when we think about discipleship, when we think about uh, evangelizing, Jesus could do it all by himself, but he needs you. He needs Tash. He needs Shell. He needs all of us here at, uh, at the office here. He, he needs uh, all of our listeners. You are the one that can take the bread to that person. That only you know. We all have our own sphere of influence that no one else has. You know people and impact people in a way that no one else can. So it's on us. Are we going to take the word of God to those in our sphere of influence? That's the question. Oh, and I love that because it just shows that we participate in our faith and with Jesus. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's not a it's just a, uh, it's not a spectator sport. No. This is a participatory oh. <laughs> uh, relationship. Jesus doesn't go like yeah, you're following me. Excellent. Like he's like, no, 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 no. If you follow me, you got to take up your cross daily and walk with me, right? You got to yeah. come and you got to do the work. You got to take the bread. You got to go and distribute the food, right? The the food of life that brings sustenance to the nations. So I, I just, for me, I just love this story because it's so much deeper than just a barbecue in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> More than just a barbecue, it's the feeding of not just the multitude, but it's Jesus giving life and bread. Mm. Hey there, I'm Luke. And I'm James. And we're the hosts of a brand new show called Table and Explorers. Have you seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? It's about a man named Desmond Doss. Who was a World War II medic that went to the front lines without a gun. He saved countless lives. And he ended up receiving the Medal of Honor. Join us Saturdays at 5.30pm as we explore the faith behind Desmond Doss. Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. If you're making a road trip up the coast, pop in just off the highway to New Start Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh, healthy juice or smoothie and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start.
No stars in the sky but the Spirit of God Let down into Egypt from heaven to high No place for his parents, no country or tribe And they ran and they ran and they ran Jesus, when danger is nigh, and keep us from Herod and all of their life. I love the Lord Jesus, the refugee king. This is a rerun of Real Faith. Make sure you join Thursdays at 3.30 for the live show. You're listening to Real Faith with Tash and Blake, and we're glad to have you back. Before we go on, before we go on, what what time is it? What what time is it? Oh, oh I, I, my, my headphone is broken and I'm missing the song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do we have to do it again? Okay, one more time. One more time for me. Pressing the button. I'm sorry. Oh, I love it. Yeah. 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 He's with us in spirit, Robbie. <laughs> good work, Robbie. Is that was that Robbie? Yeah, it's Robbie. Oh, I love yeah. that. That was good, actually. Loved Sometimes it. we harmonize. It's good. <laughs> we have questions. Yeah, we do. We got. We have three. We have three, and we're gonna try and get through all of them. But we thank you so much for calling in, um, texting in your questions today, and. We have, um, we still have our, our code word that we're going to plug one more time in our last section. Filet. <laughs> Text it in. Text it in. But before we get there, our, we have three questions and I, we're going to do our best to answer them. All right. So our first one is, 
Why can't the writings of inspired prophets post-biblical era be considered on equal, not greater, playing field to the Bible? If the objective and goal of the prophets' writings is to bring all glory to God and not to self. And our question comes from Brett. Thank you for texting in your question today, Brett. So a couple things on that, Brett, just really quick because we don't have a lot of time. But I want to say there are a lot of false prophets, uh, especially towards the end of time. And so the Bible gives us tests to see whether a prophet is false or whether it is true. One of those tests is found in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. And it says, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So specifically talking about, and above it's talking about uh, mediums and wizards and warlocks and all those kind of things, not to listen to them, but to the law and to the testimony. So basically the Torah and the prophets if uh, of, of the scriptures. If a prophet comes but does not speak in accordance to uh, the prophecies and to the scripture that has already been given to us in the word, then they are a false prophet. So before we accept any prophet's writings or put them on par or equal, we have the scriptures as a filter to protect us from false prophets and false prophecy. And a true prophet of God would never elevate their writings or their teachings above the scriptures. And so we have this foundation that we build upon. Uh, and and uh, further on, it's a playing field uh, in the Bible. If the objective and the goal of the prophet's writings is to bring all glory to God and not to self, the very act of a prophet saying that they're above the Bible would disqualify them of being a true prophet of God. So just to keep that all in mind, we need the scriptures as a foundational filter to help us to see true and false prophets. Thus, new prophets after the biblical era cannot be the same uh, canonical scriptures. That's what they call them. Non-canonical prophets or after the Bible. Um, or not just after the Bible, but outside of the Bible. And basically, a, a non-canonical prophet is important and prophesied about in Scripture and should be listened to, but we have to have the Scripture as that filter to protect us from false prophecies and false teachings. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes okay. sense. And it's beautiful. So Scripture is the foundational filter yeah. in which we go to and yeah, and view everything through. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen also to prophets who are there, just make sure that the filter goes through the scripture. Sola scripture first, making sure that that prophet is in accordance to the law and to the testimony. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you, Brett, again for your question today. And so, Can I, can yeah. I ask you the next one? This is from Freco. I am reading Isaiah. He blows my mind. Love it. Awesome, Freco. Me too. Uh, my question to you, Tash, do you have a favorite part of the Bible and why? What's your favorite part of the Bible? Okay, Freco. I actually, I love different parts depending on what I'm doing and what I'm studying. I'm currently studying Hebrews, and it used to confuse me, but it's blowing my mind at the moment. But my favorite is uh, Philippians, always. Uh, Philippians 1.6, um, uh, he who began a good work in you will continue oh. to do it until the day. And, and I love that. And I just love Story of my life. Uh, Philippians 2, um, where we find out like who Jesus was and how how far he came down just to be one of us and to be a sacrifice for us. So that I, I believe like that part of Philippians 2 is like – explains the whole mission of Jesus. So, mm. And then there's other parts. And But what I love about Philippians is that um, Paul's writing this and he's in a bad situation. He's like, you know, he's in jail. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. But he always writes these things like, um, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice and um, in everything in prayer. Um, yeah, in, in supplication, give it to God. And so 
that's yeah that's why i love that book wow that's cool i haven't thought about that yeah um i w- i want to say ooh, should i say mine or should we go yeah. to the next one okay i'll go I'll, I'll say mine so mine is uh the uh book of first john not gospel john not second john not Little third john. john yeah but first john yeah. uh and the reason being if i was in a small structure fire and i could only pick one book of the bible not not the whole Bible, but only one book of the Bible to get out of the structure fire and then live homeless because all the structures have been burned down and then survive in the wilderness. I wouldn't want a huge book, but a book that has everything I need in it for salvation. And I believe that that book, First John, has a whole beautiful gospel message. There's a verse in there that says, uh, confess your sins, uh, and he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In uh, uh, That's uh, 1 verse 9. In uh, 2 verse 1 it says, uh, little children, do not sin. But if you do, you have an advocate uh, f- to the Father, and his name is Jesus, uh, and he's the propitiation for our sins. And going on and on and on, uh, later on, it talks about how God is love in First John 4, verse 8. There's such a beautiful message in that First John. So if I'm about to be trapped in a structural fire, I'm jumping through a window with the book of First John in my hand. I'm going to do a tuck and roll so I don't <laughs> hurt anything. Uh, but I do have a bad back pages. that could that could not feel good, actually. And it might be one of those windows that's like structurally sound. So I jump into it and just smack the window and don't actually break it. And then I've got to get a hammer and break the window afterwards while I have like a broken nose. But besides that, First John, that's where I'm taking. That's my survival book. I love Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah. I feel like it should be in one of those... In, in case of emergency, break the glass. Yeah. That's the first John Yes, book. that's exactly, that's <laughs> Well, for exactly. me, it would be Philippians, so yeah. that's okay. Okay, fair enough, yeah. All right. It could be like one of those ones that you break the glass, and then whoever you are, your favorite book is there. Ooh. Ooh. Let's get on Shark Tank. Oh. Um. <laughs> All right, one, one more question from Ben. All right, this is this one is a, a little bit bigger. Okay. When, when the one world religion is in force, in then Sunday worship becomes mandatory by law. Will this apply to all people, including atheists and other religions? If so, how will it be possible to force everyone to be Sunday worshippers, even if they are not religious? Or will this law only apply to Christians? Ooh, that's a big one. That's I got, a big one, I got some help. I want to go to uh, Revelation chapter 13. And I'm going to start in verse 16 here. We're running out of time, so I'm going to go quick. He causes all, both great and small, or great, rich, and poor, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, uh, and that no one may buy or sell except uh, one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, this is talking about the beast from the earth, which represents um, basically uh, Protestant or apostate uh, Protestantism within America, people who claim to be Christians but who are not following Christian anymore. They're going to reach over the abyss to connect with the beast from the sea. And then this mark that comes out, it, it goes on the hand and on the forehead. And the way that this distinguishes this idea of this, because he's this person is talking here about an enforced uh, Sunday worship, right? Uh, when something like that happens, right, this is something that uh, takes place uh, in terms of going on the hand and the forehead, meaning in the, if it's on the forehead, it means that person is a believer and chooses to worship upon that day. If it goes upon the hand, that person is not necessarily a believer, but so they can buy toilet paper 
right? Because that's an essential thing. So they can buy toilet paper. They accept this mark of, be, on, uh, mark of the beast upon their hand. Now, that's not, it does, nothing goes on the hand, nothing goes on the forehead. It's symbolic of their actions. So even if they're atheists for the sake of buying and selling or the preservation of their safety, they go along with the structured uh, coercion that's taking place and accept what's, ta- and accept what's happening, uh, not because they believe it, but because they want to be able to buy and sell. They want to be go, they want to go about their life without any issue or drama. And so when the question is saying, um, how will it be possible to force everyone to be Sunday worshipers, even if they are not religious? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with religion. It has everything to do with Amazon and, uh, Google and, uh, uh, buying uh, Facebook marketplace. Like if you take away the ability to buy and sell things, people will crumble and go, Okay, I'll do whatever, whatever you want. You want me to do a handstand? I'll do a handstand. I just need my toilet paper. So it's not really a religious issue. It's more about, it's not a worship issue as much as it is about a, a living issue. So that's, that's the difference. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, that, you did really well. And we even have time to spare. But no, <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that's okay. You became like me. So I could see more like you The world as it should be The way that you created it to be Where beauty is beyond what we can show And hatred is a burden we don't know And mercy, mercy, it's sweet like the summer rain Forgiveness is a fortress that takes away our pain And joy is ever flowing through our bones Your love is like a love
to Real Faith with Tash and Blake and we're so glad to have you back. You're listening to Faith FM and this is our last part which is our, we're just going to have one more verse and then look at some more applications. Uh, we've given some books away and and we're, we're, it's been a good day. We even got to do Question of the Week. Yeah, and I got to hear the jingle so shout out to Ben, Freco and Brett. You guys are awesome. Actually, I don't know. Is Freco a guy or a girl? I'm not sure. It's a guy. Okay, so I've never heard that name. It's a cool huh. name. So we've got the three guys, three amigos. Thanks for helping me out. I wanted to hear that song, so you made my day. Appreciate you guys. Um, awesome. So now it's time to get some applications from. Excellent. Well, before we do, yes. I, can you can you just read that first verse? Because I I think it's a key. So I just want you to read verse fifteen to help us understand what's happening here. Okay. This is uh, chapter six. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Oh, okay. Now, why do you think they were trying to make him king? Um, like you were saying before, um, ooh, he makes bread. We can take him anywhere with us when exactly, we go to war. Exactly, right? So they're seeing, so this is, this is the gears turning in their head. Mm. And they're saying that we don't have to have a supply train. We don't have to have all this other stuff, like we said before. So now, not only... Do they see all the fragments and all the baskets? But they're going like, hey, we don't have to wait for an army. We don't have to wait for anything else. We have the Messiah with us. We are tired of the oppression. We are going to revolt and we are going to overtake Rome. Now, what this is an interesting thought process. This also happened um, right before Israel went into... Uh, what, uh, exile into Babylon. And 
God had prophesied through the prophets saying, because you are bad, you have been bad boys and girls, you're going to be exiled into Babylon. And then they were like, no, we will not be. And then they're exiled. This happens again when they're looking into the promised land. They go, they spy it all out. They come out. Caleb and Joshua are like, hey, we can do this. God is with us. And all the other 10 were like, Mm-mm. these boys are crazy. We cannot be doing this. These people are going to kill us. They're giants, right? And so everyone's getting all like messed up and excited. And because of their lack of faith, they are cast out to the wilderness for 40 years. But then they try to, like, no, we believe God now. We can go and do this. What happens here is, God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for his people. But when we try to put God in our box, we always come up short. We always fail. We can't, God can't, God is not a genie. He doesn't fit in our little bottles, Mm -hmm. right? God is beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension and outside of time. So when we pray for things, when we, when we ask God for things, when we dialogue with him, we cannot come to him with the expectation that he works on our timeline, right? Oh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm seeing the eyes over here, Tash. You're, he's I, preaching today. He's here and she, she's, she's over here and she, she's like, okay, yes, I know. God doesn't work on our timeline. We can't put him inside of time because he's outside of time. We can't put him on our time because he created time, right? And so when we look at these, these people who see what's happening in verse 15 going, we got to make this guy king, because he is going to he is going to accomplish our agenda Jesus says no and then he's he parts he goes off to be by himself which brings us all the way back to the very beginning of our show today yeah what does he go do to be by himself what's he doing he's praying he's spending time with God oh he's spending time with his father exactly yeah always so it's like a, this story is full circle today it's perfect he starts out saying, you know that I've been with the Father because of my actions. And I go and spend time with the Father. That's why my actions are the way that they are. And then after he does all these signs and wonders and miraculous things, and they want to make him king, they want to put him on their agenda, he says, nope, I'm going to go spend time with my Father so that I can see what my Father wants me to do. He tells his mother and his uh, earthly father when he is 12 years old, he's coming out of the temple, Right. And they're like, what were you doing? We were so scared. We were so worried about you. And he's, and he's like, don't you know I have to be about my father's business? If we as Christians spent more time talking to God about what he wanted us to do, our lives would be filled with far less difficulties that we bring upon ourselves when we try to put God in our agenda boxes, right? If we just said, you know what? I'm not going to go do this thing. I'm going to go spend time with the Father. I'm going to go spend time with God. And I'm going to allow God to guide and direct my life the way that he wants to, not the way that I want to put him in the box, in in my little agenda, my timeline. right? Mm. And let me tell you, I don't want to tell all the listeners, I am terrible at this. I'm probably the worst person in this whole building at this. I'm telling everyone, like, that's because I'm a hypocrite. I want everyone to know, like, I I wish that I could actually go, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to let you tell me what I need to do today. But instead, I'm like, I'm working for the Lord, and I will do everything in my power. Ha ha! And then the Lord humbles me and reminds me, should have spent time with me today. You should have spent time with me in a way that I could guide and direct your paths. I could show you the path of righteousness. And so... 
yeah, I wish that I could tell everyone like, yeah, I'm super good at that, but I am actually not. And I'm on a journey of heart transformation and I am, he's not done with me yet. Mm. Philippians 1, 6, right? Yeah. Thank the Lord. He's yeah. not done with me yet. Yeah. And that he's going to keep working on me because I'm still breathing. Mm. He's still got time to work on me until he comes that second coming. Oh, and I'm looking forward to it. That's beautiful. Mm. We don't we don't travel alone. We don't do this faith journey alone. And sometimes we squirm. That was one big thing you brought out to oh, me. Yeah. Sometimes we squirm and struggle and I overplan and put everything into a time a time schedule and think that it's going to work, but it doesn't always work. Mm. And so, yeah, we're just walking in faith with God, relying on his time. Yeah. Spending spending time with him is the best thing that we can do with our time. Yeah, everything we do is a byproduct of the connection and our abiding with Jesus. Mm. And so, friends, um, as we come to the end of our show, may God bless you and keep you. And as you go throughout your week, stay tuned for Drive Time. And remember that real faith is a lived faith.